Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. Creativity. It's sometimes it's something that most financial advisors really struggle with. You know, that creative spark wasn't really a top priority when to cultivate is, you know, most of them were more worried about things like econ class and their CFP credits. And then suddenly great advisors become great RIAs and great entrepreneurial business owners. And the expectation is creative solutions, creative content, and creating something that's amazing. So let's talk content. Let's talk storytelling. Let's talk creativity and how to stand out in that sea of sameness where, you know, a lot of that, those creative people, they aren't necessarily working under your roof. Well, I'm lucky because today I got one of the most creative people I know sitting here across from me, Angel Gonzalez from Snappy Kraken. You know, I got to know Angel over the course of the last few years. I got to spend time sitting next to him, really hearing his thought process. And it's amazing. I always say if smart people surround themselves with smarter people, then I'd like to be surrounded by an army of angels. He just sees things through a different lens. His and his, him and his amazing team over there at Snappy Kraken is just creating such amazing attention-grabbing content all the time that I just had to have him on today's conversation all around creativity. Angel, welcome. Thanks for joining us here on Perfectly Integrated. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm really flattered, and thank you. Thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And I am, I'm, I'm about as happy to talk to you right now than than every actor on a pharmaceutical commercial. Cause those people are really high on life and those people are super ecstatic. So <laughs> they always so, are. And, so and, you and mean like them. Yes. You'll sit there late at night and you're like, maybe I do have mesothelioma. Who knows? That guy's really seems to be happy about it. So yeah. I'm a hypochondriac. So I have, yeah, I have everything, everything in the book. <laughs> well, buddy, I like to start off. Let's talk creativity. Why do sure. advisors struggle so much when it comes to being creative? It has to do with overthinking it. It has to do with that part of you that doesn't have confidence and that has trouble with labels going, hey, I am this type of person. It's that inner dialogue, that inner monologue that goes, no, I'm not creative. Creative is left for art class. That's not me. I'm more analytical. I'm more pragmatic. And what I challenge advisors to do, what I challenge anybody to do that questions whether or not they're creative I let them know like, no, 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 you are creative. If you have to come up with ideas, if you have to do work, if you have to have conversations that are interesting, if you have to remodel a kitchen, if you have to make a meal for your kids or get them excited about doing their homework, come on, you are creative. You're combining ideas in new and interesting ways. You're just overthinking it in certain aspects of your life and you're you're talking yourself out of it and you're getting in your own way. You're absolutely right. That that destination to perfection that like they're all trying to, you know, they you get in their own way by overthinking things. The the I see advisors all the time, you know, when we're at events, they've got, you know, that perfect hair, perfect suit. They're trying to just be perfect. And sometimes the people that come up with solutions that interest and inspire me the most are the people that are willing to kind of, you know, let their hair down and try something new. And that's really what inspires me on a day-to-day basis. Give me something that's that's different and interesting and exciting and compelling. Like I'll take 10 of those any day over that perfect suit. And you, and you see a lot of trends too, when it comes to creativity, like think about the fact that there are so many business people, not just signing up for public speaking courses, but improv classes. I bet if you did a poll or survey, 
on improv classes at colleges or just random coffee shops, you'll probably find a high percentage of people who are professionals. Like I signed up for one myself and they really do walk you through like, Hey, don't overthink it. Just say whatever, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. I know in this situation, you know, it's improv. We're not, we're not talking about running anything by, uh, by regulators or compliance, but in this context, they tell you, don't overthink it. Don't get in your own way. You already have that ability to be creative inside of you. Just set it free, baby. Absolutely. Set it free. So what, when you circle, you know, the creative projects you've helped create, what's, what's the one that, that you're most proud of, you know, what, give, give us some ideas of the stuff that you've, you've like unleashed that you were like, man, that that's something where I didn't overthink it. I did it the right way. One that immediately comes to mind is one of the campaigns that we created for, for advisors on Snappy Kraken. It was a visual insights newsletter. Normally we come up with some good financial lesson, something succinct, and then we come up with a metaphor, some analogy that, that is novel. One of them was about the cost of raising children. How much do children cost to maintain and keep alive, uh, alive over the course of a lifetime? And our designers got together they came up with this wonderful angle and it was taking taking a, a, a baby, a, a child, and then comparing it to Pac-Man. So they created a whole retro looking Pac-Man board with mm -hmm. the, the maze and they had a little baby's face and it was just eating money. It was eating uh, you know, co college funds. It was eating food. It was eating housing. And that really brought that home. Like, oh, wow, this is, uh, this is an, arm, an arm and a leg, but... It's totally worth it. And here's a financial lesson. And you know, here's, a, here's a reason to contact your advisor. Absolutely. So here you, you said two really important things there. One, when it comes to creativity, getting visual is great. But two, having an analogy that's attainable and reachable for folks is also something super powerful because then all of a sudden it speaks to everyone. And you guys do such a great job of that. I think sometimes advisors get into the nuts and bolts too quick. And you need, when you're thinking creatively, don't worry about the medium here we're talking about. I want you, whenever you think creatively, say what's going to grab people's attention so they get to the nuts and bolts. And, you know, having that Pac-Man graphic is a great example of that. And you know what, what's interesting here when it does come to, to having those creative ideas, your starting point matters a lot. And then how you approach creative ideation matters even more. So here's what I mean by that. When your starting point has to relate to something kind of boring, it has to relate to your offer. What is it that you're selling? What is the objective? What are you trying to get prospects or clients to do? Okay, this is the endpoint. This is the part that matters. This is the part that is the big valuable thing for their lives. Okay, let's come up with a creative journey, a creative path there. And then let's come up with a lot of ideas. In fact, let's not let, let's make it low stakes. Let's not give ourselves a lot of pressure. Let's come up with as many bad ideas as possible. Let's come up with all the crap ideas. Just get them all out there. No self-censorship, make that list. And then let's look at it with sober eyes. And then let's find out what makes the most sense. What is gonna be the most creative and the most uh, the most novel? I'll give you an example. I, maybe we can include some links in the, uh, in the show notes, but two of my favorite commercials, they're 15 second spots. Mm -hmm. Two of my favorite commercials ever that really showcase this, this concept of starting in the right place and having the right analogy. One was actually a pharmaceutical commercial. I believe it was for Allegra. It starts off with a montage of a bunch of cute animals sneezing. It shows a kitten sneezing, a panda sneezing, a dog sneezing, maybe even a baby giraffe. And then you hear the voiceover. It's cute when they do it. 
it cuts to a woman sitting in a boardroom and then she sneezes really snotty into this this tissue right yeah and then the her co-workers are next to her they're kind of grossed out by it and then the voiceover goes something like it's not so cute when you do it yeah handle those allergies take allegra so that one makes total sense. That was, right. it was novel. It got your attention and it connected the dots in a creative way. Here's our offer. We help you with your allergies. We help you not look gross. We help you not be pariah, not get rejected when you were out and about and interacting with other humans. The other commercial was for E-Trade. It shows a guy wearing like revolutionary war attire and he goes, I'm Benedict Arnold a famous trader. And I know a thing about trading. I use E-Trade to trade because I'm a trader and I'm trade. It's like all this alliteration. And then you're left at the end of the commercial thinking, what did that have to do with E-Trade? What, what was the, the parallel? I just, I just shared with you, it's cute when they do it. Sneeze, 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 sneeze. Not so much when you do it. Try this solution. And I, just gave you the example of traders trading mm -hmm. on E-Trade. I'm a trader. I know something about trading. Makes absolutely no sense. It's a creative idea, but whoever was behind that, they got a little bit caught up in the novelty and the gimmick, and they never made that, that they never tied that thread between the offer and the creative path to that. So you, as you think about content and creativity, you got to make sure to connect the dots here. And starting from the end in mind, like going back to your Pac-Man maze, let's let's think about that maze. It was always easier when you were at McDonald's as a kid to start the maze from the end and go backwards when it right. goes right there on the placemat. So to me, I think the same way. I try my best to start with the end in mind, but I'm going to admit it. There's sometimes our creativity gets in our own way and we get so caught in the cute that we forget to connect the dots. And that's yeah. so important. Now, you guys have such a great team at Snappy. Uh, you have designers, you got storytellers, you got creators, you have you know, the gambit of, of genius, right? But do does the ideas always start from the same kind of folks or do you get them all in that room for that early brainstorm? So you have people thinking from every corner here. Yeah, sometimes it, it happens where we might have some creative ideas that are on the back burner. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we incorporated X idea? Or maybe we did try to reverse engineer. We generated 50 ideas. We talked to a designer who gave us a bunch of ideas. We talked to a marketing strategist who was also in the room that gave us a bunch of ideas. Maybe we just land on one for a particular campaign, but we don't throw away the document. We, we, keep, we keep the document there. We keep the early drafts there. And sometimes those things have a way of resurfacing. One example has to do with uh, Patrice. She's our amazing uh, chief creative officer. She had this concept related to a freak shake, which is, I don't know if you've ever seen a freak shake, but it's I've basically not. a milkshake. It could be a milkshake with cookies and M&Ms and Twixes and cannolis and it just, and maybe a huge lollipop on top. And she had this whole uh, ad campaign where it was a freak shake next to just a plain vanilla shake and she was making the comparison it's like hey you could choose something that is boring and doesn't really call your attention or you can go with the the mac daddy of all mac daddy something phenomenal that really stands out we had scrapped that idea and and it's found different ways to make its way into campaigns and we're actually going to be launching something uh, within the next few months that will will feature that that freak shake so don't count an idea as dead don't get too attached to ideas and don't don't really you don't have to scrap them or throw them away because they can morph into something else when the time is right.
that visual storytelling that you guys do thanks to the power of Patrice and, and her creativity and, and what she brings. I mean, I can, I can still envision like early pamphlets and, and the way you just would bring words together. It, it was so captivating that then you were just drawn to the content. You know, you and I are storytellers. We start from kind of the word often. I know I do because that's my background, right? I was, a, I was a reporter and journalist first. Um, and sometimes I know that like, then I end up backing into a visual, but do you find, I, I think words matter so much, but at the same time, sometimes having that visual can be really help, helpful too. Oh yeah. It, it can trigger parts of your brain, the, the, the primitive parts of your brain that really trigger something emotional. And then you pair that up with powerful text with powerful copy. And then it's tied to whatever the major objective is of the campaign. And you have something, you have something that's winning and, you mm -hmm. know, you know what? Sometimes I need convincing myself. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I remember there was a campaign that Patrice and the team had put together. I was reviewing it and it kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh, I think they missed the mark here. This is going to freak out advisors. It was uh, the topic was retiring and uncertainty. And the whole motif that they went with was like a horror movie motif. It had this person that they looked like they were just belting out a blood curdling scream and a lot of the imagery imagery looked like it was posters right out of a slasher film. Even the e even the font looked super jagged and sharp, like like a knife. And I was like, ah, this is so risky. I think this is this kind of we have a very conservative client base. I don't know if they're going to want to launch these things. She talked me down. Uh, I, I met with her the next day. She she talked through the concept. She was like, please trust me. This is going to hit the emotional milestones. This is going to hit the emotional points. Look at how it's paired with the with the theme. Look at how it's paired with the copy. Look at the lead magnet. Look at this. I'm we're, I'm reverse engineering Angel from this endpoint, and mm -hmm. I'm guiding the advisor and the advisors, clients, and prospects through this journey. So with that understanding, I was like, you know what? This is great. What she just shared with me is so fantastic. I told her, you know what? We need to meet up tomorrow. Let's talk through this on Zoom. Let's record it. And then we'll cut that up into clips and we're going to make an episode. We'll call it Behind the Campaign so we can share your methodology. We can share your creativity. We can share the objective behind this campaign and, and, and share that with advisors so they can really get all the expertise, all the strategy that goes behind uh, the campaign. So I say all that just to, to share that everybody on the creative team, you know, not, not everyone's going to see eye to eye. There might be some collaboration and some pushback, some pushback and some conflict. And I also share that sometimes that conflict can evolve into other creative ideas. It turned into a little mini series that we made where we shared the methodology behind our campaigns. And that really, that really helped us out. It, it turned into a lot more content. Who would have thought that you could get a debate record that debate and then make that into phenomenal content that could support your objective at your company. And I think that's incredible because I, I always say like, if you're working with a team, that's always in, in agreement, you need to find new members to the team. You oh. need to have that conflict of people that are coming at things with different perspectives. I always say one of the best people I ever worked with was um, Fred Gabriel at Investment News because we argued all the time. He had an old school method of journalism and I was trying to bring at him all these different ideas about video and podcasting and, and new media. And we fought a lot, but you want to know something he, we, as long as both people in the argument 
are have the good intentions, then it's a good argument. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing with somebody. In fact, I think it's really good for the creative process. Oh, 100%. I would say it has to do with the good intentions. It has to do with the objective that you are serving somebody other than yourself, other than you're, you're serving your end user. You are serving your client. You are serving your customer. And if you remove ego from that, if you remove your attachment to the idea and know this has nothing to do with my identity, this has nothing to do with my value as a person, I'm going to externalize these ideas. Let's get them all out on the table. Let's analyze them to death and let, let's fight about this for sure. Let's, let's, uh, let's fight about it in a civil way, but let's have the intention of may the best idea win and let's use iron to sharpen iron with these like-minded people and let, let's arrive at the best possible outcome here. Absolutely. Now, now, not to pivot, but you know, one of the big trends when it comes to marketing right now and, and storytelling in general is towards more customization and personalization. Now, there's this notion of mass marketing that that pushing back a little bit. What's some of your feelings when it comes to personalization and customization when it comes to marketing? That that could be a slippery slope. I yeah. I find and tell me what you think about this, because mm -hmm. I get in conversations a lot about personalization and sometimes it feels like people are trying to talk about mass marketing that would be individualized in such a way where it only appeals to, it's a way to appeal just to one person and know everything about their lives and have all these details about them. Like, hello, Matt Ackerman, I, kind of like Minority <laughs> Report yeah. where Tom Cruise is walking through this, this area and it's just like, hey, would you like a Guinness? And it's, it's saying his name and like bringing up all this stuff that's special. But I, I'll say this, personalization should really come down to a lot of your personalized outreach, making sure that you have the right details at the right time for your client or prospect, making sure that you signal to your audience that you are thinking about them, that you have the solution to their problem, and that you are taking the time, that you are being thoughtful and getting to know a little bit more about them. It doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, how do I scale this to where I can have the perfect billboard that says X, Y, Z about whoever's driving driving by it. I, I think it just has to be integrated throughout the entire journey. It's not really any individual piece of marketing. It's making sure that you are personalized throughout the entire journey. An example would be, you could send out something that is meant for a bigger audience. And maybe it is something a little bit more mass, but then once that person gets introduced into your ecosystem, let's say they fill out a form or they call you, they contact you, contact you in some way, they opt in, then that's the trigger for you to start collecting a little bit more information, nurturing that relationship and making it more personal along the way, not trying not trying to, not trying to be so personalized at the very beginning where it becomes creepy because you don't really know the person that well. They don't know you that well. How how can you know so much about them? Does that does that make sense? Is that clicking oh, yeah. at all? Or? And and I guess where where I come at that too is when I think about personalization. I'm going to go back to your maze earlier where we were starting sure. at the end. I think it comes down to knowing the audience, and I think you can slice and dice without getting too fine. These advisors. I was talking to an advisor this morning who was like, I want to work with um, widows. I have a great base of widow clients. But I don't want to totally push away all the great, you know, people approaching retirement that aren't widows that are also in my client base. Are there ways to reach them both? I said, yes, you can get personal in your niche 
and you can think about it, there's p- ways to kind of retop content and make it feel very targeted while he's still hitting those same nuts and bolts in the middle. You know, you can really take, I'm not saying you should get as, you know, granular as person to person in that personalization, but I think there's ways you can get personal and customized to your specific niche. And sometimes all it takes is retopping a piece or rehitting it that way. So I, when I think about personalization, I think sometimes people get very granular when essentially you just got to bring your focus out just slightly and say, are you talking to your audience in the language and method that's going to make them feel most comfortable? And it doesn't have to be talking one-on-one, but it can be one on a few rather than one on all. Yeah. And it, it can be easy to get caught in this trap of trying to get so granular at the, at the outset and trying to be so, so literal like what what you said about widows if you if you if you look at it from that lens then it would someone might attack this from oh every single piece of my every single thing from the top of the funnel should just be hey did you just lose your spouse recently are you worried about the future are you worried Mm -hmm. you know it would be like like with me i have there's a lot more to me than just being a hispanic male it would be really weird if I got a bunch of emails, if I only saw ads that are like, hey, bro, are you Hispanic? You might be interested <laughs> in these, you know, zero drop shoes. Yeah. What do you say? Like, that would be bizarre. Like, there, there, there are other things that I care about. I'm not just defined by this one aspect about me. Yeah, sure. It adds to my demographic. It adds to my profile. But if that's the only way you try to hook me, it's going to come across as tone deaf and a little weird. Absolutely. I mean, for years I was and have, I kind of got bucketed in as the video guy, right? All multimedia all the time. But like, to be honest, I think storytelling, I'm a much deeper storyteller than just that. And often, you know, the medium doesn't matter. You know, it's all about, you know, the fact of creating great creative content in whatever medium there is. And medium, I think, is is just an interesting topic in general. I mean, you look through all those lenses, whether it be social media, blogs, multimedia content. Is there mediums that you think are particularly effective when it comes to advisor communication? I want to break that down. I want to break down content for a moment. So I bet if we asked 10 advisors, hey, what's content? we'll probably get 10 different answers. And tell me if you agree with what I'm about to say related to content. For me, content is really, it's its a unit. It is a unit of communication that is made up of three things. It's made up of a message, it's expressed in a format, and it's distributed through a channel. It's those three things. So a message could be, hey, pre-retirees, you can retire, uh, with ease and peace of mind using these strategies. That's message. The format could be like, okay, how about a how about a text? How about some type of imagery? How about video or audio or some mix? And then the channel is like, okay, let's distribute this through email. Let's distribute this through a landing page or a podcast or XYZ channel. And then we have content. If you make multiple units of that, you know, message in a format through a channel, you make multiple units of that, you package it up for a singular objective, you've got a campaign. So that's how I view all this stuff. Because if I just say campaign or content, a lot of times people will conflate those two and they'll be interchangeable. And then they're also very, very ambiguous and it tends to confuse people and then makes them overwhelmed and then they don't act and they don't market and they don't get a message out there. I think overwhelmed and overthink 
are the two biggest hurdles advisors face. It's not nothing to do with where you're putting the content or how you're building it. They get overwhelmed by all this and they just give up. And they either want someone's just going to handle it totally for them, or they want to put it on the back burner and then blame later why, you know, their message didn't get out there, why they're not growing the way that they had dreamed of and hoped for. It's so interesting to me because when I think about all those different mediums and layers, you know, too often an advisor wants to dive right to how instead of, you know, why or what the message is, because, you know, they want it. I, I, I've heard I'm supposed to get better at social media. So I'm diving over there or I've heard video works really well. So let's try that. And often those are the people who are most disappointed by the results because they're not thinking of it to your point is a campaign with a lot of different you know, opportunities there, they're thinking of it instead, you know, the, the how, and I, like, they wouldn't let their client walk in the door and say, I hear ETFs are good. Give me an ETF, but they make the same mistakes that their clients make with them. Oh yeah. You see that, you see that all the time where the advice, you may not apply the advice to yourself. Like, okay, I'm walking this person. I'm, I'm helping them take a step back, look at something a little bit more holistically. And then finding out what their goals are and then breaking that goal into mini goals and mini milestones and then prioritizing it in a way that will help them achieve whatever their dream is. It's the same thing when it comes to to marketing. You said overwhelm. Overwhelm leads to procrastination. Mm -hmm. The other thing that leads to procrastination is trying to get over that overwhelm by defining every possible permutation and then coming up with every possible pathway all of a sudden you get a paralysis by analysis and that could be you. People are going to hate me about for this. That could be used to procrastinate too. You could, you could analyze something to death and be like, Oh, this is way too confusing. There's too much involved here. I, I'm not going to do anything. I'm sure you've met people like that where they ask, you can always tell during a Q and a, if someone is going to do anything with your advice mm-hmm. or not. And I would say the more granular they get and the more they try to, to encompass in their question, the less likely they're going to be to act on it because they're kind of looking for a reason. They're looking for an overwhelming reason to not act. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, My favorite people in Q&As are the ones that don't really have questions. They just want to hear themselves talk. This isn't really a question, more a comment, folks. I just want, And you're like, oh, golly, here it comes. But my, But most of these financial advisors have stayed away from marketing. Marketing often is the first thing and content that gets cut when markets go down because- it's something that they don't understand. And sometimes it's something that's hard for them to really embrace and thrive at. And they, again, going back to the beginning, they want to be perfect. And this is something sometimes that you stumble through and you find the best solution after a little failure sometimes too. And you can make the stakes small. You don't have, that's the other way to procrastinate too. You could, you could get caught up in this all or nothing mindset. Let's say I want to work out, right? Or let's say I want to get healthy and I go, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go train for a marathon. I'm going to go to the gym three times a day, every single day. I am destined for failure because the moment I go, oh, well, my schedule's not going to allow that. I I might as well not go. I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to watch Netflix, maybe some potato chips. I'll, I'll, I'll put this on my someday maybe list. But what if I just made that into a really small goal? What if I just said, okay, can I just put my, can I just put some sneakers on and just, can I just walk over to the gym and I'm not required to go inside and go sweat? How about I just walk over there and I can make a decision. Will I walk through that door or will I just walk back home? I want to find ways where even if I fail, I win. And you could do that by making the stakes really, really, really small. And then just building on that. You talked about 
a lot of advisors giving up on marketing or not proceeding with marketing. At the end of the day, look at marketing through the frame of it is communication. There's no opting out of marketing. If you exist, if you are breathing, if you are in business, you are marketing because you're creating an experience for people and any interaction that they have with your business from the letterhead on your stationery to the way you or a receptionist answers the phone. I'm sorry to tell you that's marketing and you got to put some thought into it because if you don't, you're going to be marketing by default and that might take you down a path that you don't really want to go down. So let's put some thought behind this. Let's, let's amplify who you are as a person and all the value that you provide. Let, let's, let's put a little bit of thought and we can make it low stakes and build along the way. Man, that is a genius way to close. But you know, I end every one of my podcasts with a question from my 11-year-old son, CJ. You just got a chance to meet him for a hot second out there at Orion Ascent when we were in Orlando. So that was a lot of fun a couple of weeks ago. But but so I was telling CJ, oh, you met Angel. I'm having him on the podcast. And I, we were talking a little about your firm. So CJ asked, oh. are people confused by the name Snappy Kraken? Why did you guys choose that name? People are not confused by the name Snappy Kraken. They are, for the most part, delighted. Mm -hmm. When we first started and we said our business name, people would immediately smile. They would repeat it and they would smile. And, and to me, that is amazing marketing because I got to affect somebody's emotions right off the bat. There's no warmer introduction than being able to make somebody smile and make somebody curious to find out more. So we we did have a whole criteria with the name. We wanted it to be wildly different from anything in the industry. We didn't want it to be the initials of the founders or one of those things where it's just like, it does what it says on the tin, like it's Financial Advisor Marketing Corporation, LLC. <laughs> we, we didn't want to do that. We knew that if we were going to make a big splash, if we were going to make waves, we had to be different. We had to be defiant of what all the other competitors were doing, of what was expected in the industry. We have to buck those trends. And again, we wanted to do something that was pleasant to the ear and uh, made people curious and made them smile. That's the key there. Be different. Be willing to uh, you know, not be perfect. Don't overthink it and give it a shot. Be creative. Angel, thank you so much. It's been a great conversation, my friend. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Awesome. And thank you to our audience. Thanks for joining us on another episode here of Perfectly Integrated. For Integrated Partners, I'm Matt Ackerman. Have a great day. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Angel Gonzalez is co-founder of Snappy Kraken and is a separate entity and not affiliated with Integrated Partners and LPL Financial.